and here we are. It's the UC Santa Cruz News Roundup for January 2018. I'm Gwen Dordanay. I am Constituent Engagement Director at University Relations. I'm Dan White. I'm a writer and editor at University Relations. And we're here to talk about the week's news. So, Dan, do you want to... Actually, last year was a pretty incredible year. Maybe we should kind of talk about what happened in 2017 before we launch into what's going to happen in 2018. What do you think? Yes, there's so much that it's almost hard to encapsulate it all. We had, well, for one thing, they reopened the quarry. It was shuttered for so long, this beautiful space. Such a bummer. Yes, people would. uh, I remember seeing alumni going back there and just sort of sitting there in that kind of boarded quarry. When are they going to do something with this? This beautiful, peaceful spot. And they reopened it in this rocking way with uh, Chicano Batman. Yeah who I'd, I'd heard of, of course, before they performed there. Oh, yeah, there. Me, yeah I, well. I'm a I mean, big I've fan. gone to many shows yeah. of Chicago I'm just, just kidding. I'm, I've aged out <laughs> of knowing who they are. The, 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 I've never the, heard of them. The, the young, the sure young fry are very sure into those rock. kinds of things. I'm sure <laughs> I could have. They totally rock. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. So, and there was an awesome opening ceremony, and it looks beautiful. It looks gorgeous. And the the acoustics are really nice, and it's comfortable, and it's just as serene as it was before with the redwoods all around you. It's a gorgeous spot. Yeah, so I can't wait for events to start happening there. And then um, we wrapped up our our comprehensive capital campaign, and we ended up raising $335 million. Exceeding all expectations and helping the university long into the future. And not only that, but we had a record high of undergraduate applications. 52,000 students applied. Yeah, so UC Santa Cruz only continues to get more and more popular as word gets out about how awesome it is. And not only that, but our alumni continued to just excel throughout the year and make headlines and do incredible things. And that kind of brings me to something we are doing in 2018. And you already know all about it. But, year um, of the alumni is 2018. Year of alumni. Yep. is going to be year of alumni here at UC Santa Cruz. And that means it's going to be a time to celebrate and promote our banana slugs who've made their mark on the world. Compared with a lot of other universities, our campus is really like a teenager. It's only 52 years old. But mighty slugs are everywhere. There are about 110,000 to 120,000 UC Santa Cruz graduates out there, and they've taken their UC Santa Cruz education into the world, and they're excelling in entertainment, in literature, in journalism, social justice, science, technology, and everything in between and far beyond. So it's time to celebrate. Go to ucsc.edu, check out the story and all our profiles of a few representative, incredible alumni, and then watch for events like Alumni Weekend, which is coming up at the end of April to um, mark this incredible year. So let's move on and talk about another news story. You know, a lot of our alumni work in climate change and a lot of our faculty work in climate change because it's it's something that concerns many people here. It's a big um, topic of study for UC Santa Cruz. And a new study came out that talks about how birds' genes influence adaptation to climate change. So as the climate changes, species are having to adapt and shift their range, possibly, or even face decline or extinction. And so biologists from the Bird Gene Escape Project are are really quickly trying to find out the potential for adaptation and the best ways to protect really vulnerable populations of birds. 
And most recently, they looked at the yellow warbler, which is this adorable little bright yellow bird. Have you ever seen one of those? I saw the pictures. They're so cute. <laughs> it lives mostly in North America, but it spends its winter in Central and South America and flies as far north as Alaska and the Arctic Circle in the summer. And genetic mapping is giving researchers the opportunity to look at the capacity to adapt to climate change. And with this research, they can say, here's how populations will have to adapt to future climate change. And here are the populations that have to adapt most. And so that's really valuable information for conservationists. It's amazing to me that they could pinpoint this kind of information, that they can figure this out. So hopefully it'll have some positive impact. I know. Yeah. We want the little yellow warbler. Speaking of warblers, actually just not nothing <laughs> whatsoever to do with, Whoa, with, good, with, with good warblers. Good segue there. It's a counterintuitive segue. There's um, another amazing thing that our scientists have been doing, and that is just looking at the sky and making these incredible discoveries. UC Santa Cruz astronomers were among the first people to witness an incredible thing, and that is the coming together, the merging together of neutron stars. These majestic stars combining in the process, releasing these powerful gravitational waves, and then this is how elements are created, making elements such as gold and platinum. It's amazing <laughs> to witness such a thing, and you see uh, Santa Cruz astronomers, along with an international team of scientists, are uh, deservedly getting a lot of attention. In fact, it's being hailed as uh, the scientific breakthrough of the year by the prestigious journal Science, as well as Physics World Magazine. A lot of energy gets released when these stars merge together. Yeah. And this team, this is back in August, detected gravitational waves coming from this merger. And as soon as they detected those waves, they rushed to mm -hmm. figure out what's going on, where's this coming from. And a uh, pretty small team led by Ryan Foley, he's an assistant professor of astronomy and astrophysics at UC Santa Cruz. Uh, they figured it out, they pinned down the source, and they even managed to capture some amazing images of the merger using an incredible telescope and observatory that I keep hearing about. It's down in uh, Chile. And this is considered such a big deal at, in astronomy circles. I even read in uh, Physics World that this has ushered in a new age Whoa. of astronomy. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, and we did it. And we did it. So I feel proud just sort yeah. of by extension that we had a role in this. And since I'm already talking about outer space. I want to talk about another big discovery. Okay. Uh, astronomers discovering that the earliest galaxies in the universe spin around like a whirlpool. What's interesting about that is they spun, they spin in much the same way that the Milky Way huh. spins around like a whirlpool. Now, Garth Illingworth, he's Professor Emeritus of Astronomy and Astrophysics at UC Santa Cruz. He's a member of the international team that made this great discovery, explained, now this is the really cool thing, that light from these very distant objects takes a very long time to reach Earth. So observing objects that are billions of light years away enables astronomers to, it's kind of like they're going back into a time machine, if you will, to travel back and directly observe the galaxies forming. This team has identified these star-forming galaxies at a very, very, very early stage in their cosmic history, spinning in this certain way. So that's another very big deal. And um, these, the other incredible thing is that they're observing these newborn galaxies as they were, as they existed 800 million years after the Big Bang, which was 13.7 billion years ago. Oh so gosh. once again, it amazes me that people could calculate these things, that they could see these things. Also, since we're talking about 
science. I'm going to uh, talk a little bit about an environmental watchdog group that is very concerned, alarmed, in fact, mm. about the Trump administration reducing access to information that relates to climate change, the kind of stuff that you uh, find online. And, you know, wherever you stand on the political spectrum, you've got to agree that the group's got such a great acronym, EDGY. <laughs> yeah. stands for Environmental Data and Government Initiative. Uh, most watchdog groups don't have workable acronyms, as I found out. Anyway, EDGY, aside from having that great name, is very concerned about the Trump administration overhauling important environmental websites, removing key documents related to climate change, and altering the ways environmental web pages refer to climate change rhetorically mm -hmm. in ways that they believe obscures or at least significantly downplays the issue. This according to Lindsay Dillon. She's assistant professor of sociology and she's the chair of EDGY's steering committee. Yeah. So this is an incredibly hardworking, doggedly focused watchdog group. They've now issued their third report documenting these changes to public access to information, as well as the way the government has been betraying this information. They did a lot of work. It just makes your head spin. Mm -hmm. Speaking of spinning, to get this report done, uh, EDGY has been monitoring tens of thousands of federal environmental websites in an attempt wow. to document the changes to the public's access to information. Now, I should also point out that Lindsay Dillon co-authored an important section of the report, which is all about climate change denial in the United States. And it takes a certain kind of focus and expertise to be able to do this. So once again, yeah. UC Santa Cruz is contributing to that conversation as well. Yeah. Yeah, and we really shine um, in climate, um, climate studies and climate change. Yes, we do. We really care. Um, so speaking of environment and beautiful parts of it, there's an event coming up. And it's, uh, it's, it's one of our alumni, and it's a guy named Tom Killian. And he's, he just does these gorgeous woodcut prints that are – have you seen them? I, I mean, think they're, they're, just... they're really beautiful. I actually bought a couple of the books, including one where he'd illustrated pictures of the High Sierra with some writings of John Muir. And it's yeah. just this gorgeous book, the level of detail and the soulfulness with which he renders natural – landscapes, land masses, trees. Mm -hmm. There's something really elemental and sort of zen-like about what he does, which is yeah. remarkable. Yeah. Many of his woodcuts are depict the rugged California coast, and they're just transcendent. Mm -hmm. Amazing. His most recent book, California's Wild Edge, is the basis for a traveling exhibit, which is opening at the Santa Cruz Museum of Art and History tonight. I've got to see that. I know. And the show is going to run January 12 to April 22. So get out and see that. You know, that is very much worth seeing. One thing that amazes me about him is that he has such a personal stamp on his artwork. If you see a Tom Killian print, you know exactly that it's his work. Yeah. He has such a certain style that is hard to reproduce. Yeah. So it's really a good opportunity to see him. Yeah. Um, and since we're talking about some really great uh, events relating to UC Santa Cruz and happen to be downtown, I want to talk to you about another one that I'd really like to go to. It's going to be at the Coomwood Jazz Club, also in downtown Santa Cruz, on Tuesday, January 30th, and it's called Questions That Matter. This sounds like it's going to be a really button-pressing dialogue. They're going to explore yeah, freedom and race. And yeah. this whole notion that freedom lies at the heart of American identity that it's all about who we are, and yet certain Americans undeniably have had less access to freedom, less freedom over the years than others, which raises the question, 
what exactly is this relationship between ethnicity and freedom in modern times. Now, the, the evening, you'll be in good hands because the evening will feature a conversation with UC Santa Cruz Humanities Dean Tyler Stovall and History of Art and Visual Culture Professor Jennifer Gonzalez. And it's going to be moderated by History Professor and Humanities Institute Director Nathaniel Deutsch. Now, I should point out to you that Tyler Stovall is in the process of writing a book that touches on the very issues that will be raised at the, that evening at the Kumbwa. One of the big ones, a really important issue for our times, is free speech on campus, the implications of free speech on campus during a time of political division. As Deutsch has said, today universities around the country are struggling with their commitment to free speech on the one hand and demands, often from students, that speakers deemed racist should not be given a campus forum on the other. The question is... How should universities navigate these competing demands, especially at such a politically fraught time? So this should be a useful conversation and really very much of the moment. Those are really um, big topics right now, and a lot of people are very interested in them. And I really love that in the campus environment, we're able to bring up these difficult topics and talk about them. It's one of the best places to do that, and it's great that we can be open and just bring it up and hopefully make progress. And in doing so, add to the dialogue and hopefully yeah. move things forward. Exactly. I think that's what universities are for. So exactly. I agree. It should be a useful event for everybody. All right. Well, those are our, our, uh, our highlighted stories for the week, and so we're going to sign off. Looking forward to seeing you all for the next edition of our podcast. Sounds good. All right. See you later.